0: Hey, everybody, this is episode 26 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. In this episode, I'm talking with printmaker Ellie Urbanski. Ellie was so kind to come and chat with me about printmaking an art form that I know nothing about. In particular, we talked about her clothing work, in which she prints pieces of donated clothing, memories attached, onto fabric using her own body weight as the press, an innovative technique she developed when she no longer had access to a studio with traditional printmaking equipment. I encourage you to check out Ellie's website, printosynthesis.com, where you can see her work and find links to additional online interviews. Her website and more links will be available in the show notes. Ellie Urbanski studied arts at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil with her main focus on printmaking. Since the 1990s, she's been working with art and art education and has had exhibitions in Brazil, Japan, and the U.S. Currently, Ellie is based in Snow Camp, North Carolina, where she creates prints on paper and fabric. Interacting with the local community has been an important part of Ellie's creative process. She is also a coach and helps artists to develop their projects and careers in the Triangle and the Triad.
1: Hello. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here.
0: So let's go back in time a
1: little bit. Okay. Why or how did you become a printmaker? When I went to the art school in Sao Paulo, actually, officially, you would uh, enter art education because the system is different from here. Yeah, you have to de- choose your major before you you, you apply. Okay. But in reality, it was uh, almost like a, a bachelor. You had a little of everything, painting, drawing, and composition. But uh, the thing is that uh, the printmaking department was very strong. At the time, I didn't know but there was this professor and a lot of people would go there, especially to have classes with him. And he was a a very strong uh, figure in the sense that uh, it wasn't only about printmaking, but uh, how uh, you see yourself and you build yourself as an artist. Mm. I think that that was the main thing. Yeah, from uh, the professional point of view, even to the, the human point of view, what are your goals? And I think that that's what uh, get me interested in printmaking. Mm-hmm.
0: And why printmaking in particular as opposed to some other kind of visual art? Is there something about the process or the product that appeals to you?
1: I always like to draw, but one thing is that I'm totally unable to work with paintbrushes. Yeah, even when I had my painting or composition classes, I would try to do watercolor, just pour in water and the ink. Mm-hmm. So it was clear for me that I would not be a painter. And uh, I think that the printmaking has one thing in the process, that it's a slower, that you can uh, think step by step. If you make a mistake, you go back. And uh, it's something that uh, attracts me. You you have to be organized and plan. It's funny because now I don't have the traditional pre-making uh, uh, environment, mm-hmm. but even so, I like this process. And you uh, know, other techniques you have the same thing. But uh, when you pull your print, there is always something uh, completely unexpected. Yeah, of course, when you're painting, and sometimes you have. But uh, in uh, especially in printing, because even you, if you master your technique very well, sometimes uh, yeah. The ink is a little more watery than normally. The temperature is different, Mm. yeah, the environment. And then you always have a surprise, Mm -hmm. sometimes good surprise. Sometimes, yeah, you have to go back and (laughs) rethink what you're doing. But uh, I think that this is something that I enjoy in printmaking. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's go back a little bit because I don't know much about printmaking. When you and I were talking on the phone, you very clearly said, it's not a stamp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know if, if people approach you with this idea, well, how hard can it be? It's just like a stamp. Could uh, you talk a little bit about the process of traditional printmaking? And then you have a method that you developed that yeah. is, I'm going to say, non-traditional. Yeah. Could you give us some background on all of that?
1: Yeah. Well, technically, a stamp is a printmaking. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to think of, uh, what is different when you draw and when you print... The drawing is direct, yeah, you can, uh, even if you use your hand, your uh, pencil, you go, you have the surface, mm-hmm. yeah, that can be uh, paper, canvas, anything, but you go direct and you do your drawing, yeah, you can do similar ones, but uh, each one is unique. Mm-hmm. In a uh, printmaking, you h- normally have a matrix, it can be a uh, metal, wood block in the traditional methods or, uh, yeah, like a, a silk screen, mm-hmm. anything. Then you can create many, yeah, many prints with one matrix. There is also, the, yeah, uh, like monoprints and monotypes that you create a unique one. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the main idea is that you can create many uh, similar images with one matrix. Okay. Yeah, and it's an indirect process. Mm-hmm. And in a way, everybody is kind of familiar with pre making because the T-shirt that you're uh, that you're wearing was Mm -hmm. yeah made with a pre making uh, technique. Mm -hmm. Now there are the other very sophisticated uh, computer uh, supported techniques. The basic idea is the same: Mm -hmm. that you have this matrix, and then you can reproduce. So the matrix matrix is kind of like
0: the stamp that we.
1: Yeah, that yeah. we think about. Yeah, if you think about the rubber stamp or mm-hmm. even that, yeah, sometimes uh, kids do with potatoes or other vegetables, right, right. it's the same idea that you have this, you do your design first and then you can reproduce many times.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what is your process though? Because it sounds like yours is slightly different than that.
1: Yeah, I did a uh, traditional printmaking when I have access to a studio because uh, normally, depending on the technique, you need a uh, an etching press, which is a real machine, yeah. You can mm-hmm. have, I don't know how many uh, pounds exactly, but it's uh, yeah. You have to have a very strong pressure, yeah, to produce your prints. And when I was uh, in Japan, I didn't have access because in Brazil, even when I, I went out of school, yeah, the, the college, I still knew. Oh, I can go to that museum or. That place I can use the yeah the the press for a while, but in Japan I didn't know anyone yeah any artists, and uh, in the beginning I start making drawings, uh, like asking my friends to to pose and just uh, doing the outlines, mm-hmm. but uh, then I I start becoming depending on someone to pose, and then I came with this idea of printing clothes mm-hmm. instead of yeah the person. And uh, um, but I didn't have a press, so what I did is that uh, I took the clothes, I soaked in um, in uh, Chinese ink, yeah, the sumi, or uh, in bleach. Then I would uh, lay this cloth, and then uh, layers of fabric, put a, a, a wood board, and myself as yeah, the press element, yeah. mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then I could do like large scale uh, prints and I could do it anywhere. Yeah, I would do at home. I mm-hmm. didn't need a, an art studio. So you are the weight on top of yeah. the print that you're making.
0: <laughs> and how many times can you use the same piece of clothing to make a print like that?
1: Uh, this depends on the, um, the material that I'm using. If I'm using sumi, I can do more than uh, uh when I use bleach because sometimes the, ble- the yeah it's so strong and depending also the the fabric yeah some, uh fabric then it start tearing and then mm-hmm. I can't print anymore mm-hmm. but I can do like from 3 to 7 6 hmm. mm-hmm.
0: and and because it is fabric and because it is your body weight on top I imagine that the prints would be slightly different one from the next is that true oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is some variation
1: yes there, there is a variation like uh, i do sometimes one piece sometimes i put many layers too because mm-hmm. i know that uh, the first one will be very wet sometimes you have to discard some yeah so in a way the process is the same as in the printmaking studio that you do some prints, you check the state. In the studio it would be like, oh, the ink is too soft or too hard and you put another element and uh, yeah, try to find the same uh, or the the best consistency. Mm-hmm. In my case, it's very liquid. It's more like, is it uh, dry enough? Sometimes it's too dry. I can put many many layers or I'll do many times. Sometimes I use the brayer that is a tool that is Almost like a roller, yeah. So, use as a press when it's kind of dry. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the same idea mm-hmm. that you have to be checking. But I think that uh, the, how can I say, the rate of impredicability right. is much higher. Yeah. <laughs> Which for me is not a problem. But uh, if you, Really want to know what you're doing and plan step by step, it might be a little annoying. <laughs>
0: or if you're making t shirts
1: and you want them all oh, yeah, to be the yeah. same. in a commercial <laughs> right. way, I think that wouldn't work so well. Mm.
0: Let's talk a little bit about some of your recent exhibits. And I would like to read some description of those because I think there are some similarities there. And um, I want to give folks a sense of of the type of work that you do. So by the time this podcast airs, your show at Anchor Light in Raleigh will be closed, unfortunately, but you are going to have an exhibit called Distance. And it says, this series of prints on paper and fabric is derived from the patterns and experiences of passengers commuting on Sao Paulo subway systems. The use of found materials such as fabric buttons, subway tickets, and handwritten letters is an attempt to merge the memories, colors, and experiences of the journey into the prints. The works represent two points set apart in space but connected in time, psyche, and memory. And then you've also done an exhibit um, with clothing that we kind of alluded to earlier. Um, I think this this exhibition has been called Imprinted, Interface. It has some different names, but yeah. the description um, is basically that you collected well-worn clothes and often the emotional stories that go with them from friends, family, and previous exhibition visitors, and then used that those fabrics, the clothing, to make monoprints on other fabric. And at the exhibit, you initiated an ongoing collaboration with the community by gathering more clothing, capturing more stories. Often you capture those stories on video to accompany the final print. And then you return home to your studio to make prints of the new contributions. So would you talk a little bit about where the ideas for, both, for these exhibitions came from?
1: Well, let me start from um, this last exhibition, The Distance, because um their works from the 90s. Mm. Actually, um, this whole idea of uh, working with the subway started when I was in college. I grew up in a neighborhood where I could go on foot to school, so to high school. I always yeah, walk to school, mm-hmm. and then suddenly this place was very, very far away. And at that time, we didn't even have the whole subway system, so I would take buses. And when the subway started, take the subway one part and take bus. So, in a way, I didn't really enjoy this <laughs> this trip. Yeah, taking the subway every day. But uh, I think that because I didn't like it, especially the subway, where you don't have a lot to see, it's just concrete all the time, and then you stop at the stations. So I think that it put me to a state where I would be daydreaming and thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially this printmaking uh, professor, he would always say, oh, you have to work with, with things that are, are uh, in your environment that are important for you. Like if you are a writer and you have something that is in your mind for some reason, you express yeah in a in a book, mm-hmm. in a yeah article or something. And my my thing was that was kind of uh, uncomfortable for me. And the way that I could express that, it was uncomfortable. But on the other hand, when you stop at the stations, when I was waiting for a train, I could see more things. Yeah, and then I think that I started actually a series on the lithograph and then when I, um, I graduated in uh, 92, so in 96 I started again, I, I was going to a an, uh, museum and I could use the, the press there, and then I started um, doing this, uh, uh, this whole series based on the subway. Uh, São Paulo is a huge city. There are, I don't know exactly the number, but more than uh, ten million people now. So it was every day this routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this thing in mind. I did this series. I did uh, I think there are two big prints that are uh, mezzotint. Mezzotint is a technique where you first do the the black area. Have an instrument, it's almost like you are punching the the plate hmm. so it takes a long time just to do the black, but it, this uh, process for me is almost like a meditation. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're thinking uh, about what you're doing, doing the black. It's almost like you're preparing your your I don't know your spirit or so to the yeah to get to the point where hmm. you can uh, finish the image. I think that all these kinds, yeah, these things, uh, happen and I did this series. And then uh, in 93 and 94, I went to Japan for the first time, not for, uh, a, a, like an exchange. I just went there to see how I was to live there. I work in a, uh, in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that from this experience, I start thinking not only. About the this uh, comedian trip, but the trips in general, yeah. I also had uh, pen because you know, yeah, for a while I wanted to go to Holland, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, to I could go. I um, I exchange uh, letters, yeah, not emails because you know, <laughs> in right. yeah, letters. And then, we wrote letters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have pieces of these uh, letters in some works hmm. and pieces of tickets. It's, it's in a way, it's a kind of, it's not a real diary, but a, a, it's a way to kind of document, yeah, these passages, feelings, yeah, these emotions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these uh, these are the works that uh, are there uh, at Anchor Light. So it's this ninety series. Mm-hmm. So I. Um, and this is what I was doing, even if I was working with fabric, because some some of them I, I was still using uh, the traditional techniques, so to say, yeah, using the press, mm-hmm. pressing something on uh, on fabric, and then using uh, sewing, stitching things, yeah, or drawing on top of the uh, the print. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, when I went to Japan, as I said, I, it was totally different. And then uh, I started making this uh, piece. And in the beginning, the pieces of clothes uh, were just uh, my clothes or my friend's clothes, and uh, I started printing. And then uh, seeing the result, I could feel that uh, there was some kind of history in a, in each print, and I knew some of the history because some of my friends would give me yeah, a pair of jeans and say, oh, you know, I wore this for 10 years yeah. or yeah. But at that time I didn't have a clear idea how I could uh, uh register this history or uh, document these uh, stories. I had before I had this, uh, maybe I should do some videos, yeah. But in uh, c- uh, 2016 I started uh, I started actually asking the people that uh, came to my first exhibitions uh to participate in the project bring their clothes and record videos. Mm. And now this is what I do. Um, uh, normally when I have this, uh, uh, clothes exhibition, I uh, schedule some days that, I'll be at the gallery and then people bring uh, the clothes. And if mm-hmm. they agree, yeah, they can also appear on the video and they tell me the stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some of the stories are very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think about them like, uh this anonymous or uh, it's not the, the celebrity or the right. a- extraordinary people, so to say. Yeah, the, the stories are very interesting, maybe more interesting than <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. what do you call yeah, an uh, interesting person, Yeah, what is label. What do
0: you think it adds to have the videos of people talking about the story behind the clothing that they're contributing? Why record those stories and share them with the audience?
1: I think that um, you add one more layer. Some people, they just see the prints and uh, yeah, and that's okay. This happens when you see any exhibition, I think. If you see a painting, sometimes you just see, oh, there is uh, this landscape or something, but some people will think more about, oh, why that person uh, registered that way, or think about the, the color choices. And so I think that it depends on how, uh, you as an, uh, uh, as the viewer, you can see the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm offering one more layer because then you can understand. And some people sometimes they watch the, the video and then they go back and say, Oh, yeah, now, yeah, I can see or I can feel or, or sometimes they don't, but it's okay. I'm always interested in the human part yeah, of uh, the clothing or the works or how can you touch people with your work. And I think that this is also a way because uh, some people uh, um, watch the videos and I think that they can connect with the stories, especially if it's... Somebody that passed away, or mm-hmm. yeah, or something that you want to let go. I think that uh, yeah, everyone has these moments in in yeah mm-hmm. in their lives. So. Mm-hmm. I think there are
0: conversations around how we experience art on the walls, and some people think that the conversation, like you and I are having right now, is really important. To adding to the understanding of what they're seeing and some people think that there should be no conversation that the experience is just about walking in seeing a thing and having that individual whatever comes up for that individual what are your thoughts about how we view art or how you would like people to approach your work
1: well, I think that this, uh, as you said, like each per- person, uh, yeah, will experience in a different way, and uh, this is something that I respect. You have your uh, your life experience, your uh, yeah, your knowledge about the arts or about life in general. Yeah. I think each person will see in a different way, and I respect that, even if they don't like or yeah, or mm. they think oh this is not art or this is very easy. I think that each person will see in a different way.
0: Something that I've noticed as a a similarity between the work that you do, the two exhibitions that we talked about, the subway and then the clothing, have to do with capturing memory um, or capturing the layer that we can't see. Because we we can look at You know a pair of jeans or we can look at a subway ticket but there's another layer there that is i think unseeable and that is the emotion or the the something about the travel or the experience that operates at another level and i feel like you are capturing that by making these prints is memory something that you had in mind when you're making these things, or is that something that you're? Are you working with something else, some other themes?
1: Uh, I don't uh, normally think about the memory when I'm in doing the works. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a collector person, yeah, and then collecting this. Uh, yeah, sometimes I keep this old ticket or something that uh, reminds me somebody a piece of letter, mm-hmm. and this has uh, some kind of history memory. So uh, it's something that even if I don't have the intention, it is there. I'm uh, I'm now fifty, so I'm a generation that uh, came from uh, yeah the the um, how do they call that the mayo yeah the mm-hmm. this uh, different timing, yeah going out to the emails and all this uh, social media. and uh, so I think that uh, sometimes I have this uh, this view to the past, where uh, in some way I miss this uh, timing. yeah, the things are a little slower. yeah, mm-hmm. you had this t- you have to wait till you get the response, yeah, if you are writing a letter. On the other hand, sometimes I think, well, but uh, we are in transition and uh, uh, you cannot go back. Mm. So I think that in this aspect, there are some works that uh, are talking about uh, things that uh, you just, in one point, you have to say goodbye to some things. Mm. My tendency to see uh, or to try to show the invisible is uh, a way that um, I think that uh, I found to try to make myself and maybe the viewer be connected to things that are inside you. Mm. Yeah, like, uh, okay, so there is that memory of somebody that you don't know, but in some way you can uh, uh, relate to that in some way and uh, also uh, stop and think, oh, so... What was my, even when you donate a clothes, then you have to reveal, yeah, like, uh, why am I donating this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it had a meaning in time, now it doesn't anymore. Or, oh, I feel very grateful to this person. Yeah, that person was a big influence mm-hmm. in my life. I think that um, it brings uh, relationships, yeah, not only with people, but with things too, and moments and experience in your life. Hmm. Yes, I love that. It's
0: about drawing attention to the connections Yeah. between mm-hmm. um, ourselves and our stuff, ourselves and other people, ourselves and yeah. this, this non-visible layer. And it's funny when you were talking about snail mail and uh, I think a lot of what I see in your work is the underlining of journeys of the journey that we take physically but also emotionally and then I was thinking how do you document the journey of an email I mean you can think of documenting the journey the journey of (laughs) you know a letter that you put in the post and it goes from here to here but how do we document the journey of communication that is instantaneous and I'm wondering what that will look like you know
1: one thing that I'm always thinking, you know, when you send a message and uh, for some reason the message doesn't get to the yeah, to, to, to who you're sending. And then maybe if you understand all oh, this process, you can have an answer. But uh, I'm always thinking, so if it didn't get there, where is my message now? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> so in, in your bio... I, I read you. You do teaching, and can you talk a little bit about the coaching or the teaching that you have done in this area?
1: Well, I started teaching uh, uh, pre-making in a community college, just just a, a short uh, period, like a short workshop, and then uh, I noticed that the people weren't really familiar with the whole process. So I like when I have the the chance, I like to talk about this. And a lot of people enjoy doing a pre after, yeah, they understand how it's done and, uh, yeah, what is uh, the advantage and disadvantage of uh, doing premaking. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, something I'm, uh, uh, now I'm not uh, offering so much these uh, workshops. Yeah, my art studio is still, yeah, being built, mm-hmm. but uh, in the future, yeah, I had plans to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, then uh, the other, because the other part started with the business aspect. I went to, um, I live near, uh, I live in Elements, but it's near um, Chatham And uh, I think that in 2015 or something, there was this uh, symposium or a lot of, it was a lot of lectures about uh, the business aspect of being an artist, yeah, like uh, uh, the steps to open your business how to photograph your work, everything that is involved, uh, yeah, social media. But in a way, it this uh, whole process was good to, uh, because it started to organize, in my mind, the separation between uh, yeah, what is only your work in the studio and the other aspects. And, uh, uh, and in this sense, uh, yeah, I have this feeling that there is no... Way back, if you want to succeed in this area, and when I say succeed, it's not being yeah the most famous artist, but at least make your living or part of your living as an artist, you have to go to the uh, yeah this whole process. Social media, how to promote yourself, and you cannot just stay in your art studio and wait till someone, yeah, someone comes to your discover, door. Yeah, right. You discover, yeah, you. It might happen, but I think that the probability is very low. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was painful because, yeah, like I navigate well in graphic design or because I had some experience, but like learning about accounting, learning about how to set, yeah, that you have to do. Copy, paste the link, and then you go and oh, it's not working. Yeah, mm-hmm. the page is not open. Oh, this uh, process. So I had to go uh, and try to do. Oh, these getting information uh, online on YouTube going to the uh, uh, this uh, SBC yeah and uh, uh, asking information asking legal information so then I thought about how can I share this information yeah because it's just so hard I started doing some workshops at home I think yeah I'm thinking about going uh, doing in other places too I just ask people, yeah, to come to my place. Uh, the first one was actually general, which was more art critique. But the, the other one that I, I did was about where to show, yeah, all this information that it's not just written on the website. Right. Yeah, the kind of, because this is what I noticed now. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of information that you can get online. But sometimes you need a human, yeah, a human person to ask a question and say, okay, and how was your experience? Because this is not written there. Yeah. Even sometimes if you uh, say, Oh, you have this dream. Oh, I'm going to show my works there. But the reality, sometimes it's different. Sometimes you have the support. Yeah. All the marketing. Sometimes because of the structure of the place. And these things are clear, but you have to have your clarity to understand like, oh, I'm a person that I can do my my posters, my promotion, yeah? I navigate well with all this. So, okay, it's good for me to show in this place. I see. Mm -hmm. If not, yeah, like if you have to hire someone, pay all this money, is this really worth, yeah? These kind of things, yeah, that uh, I start to think that... um, I'm not an expert, but I noticed that some people don't even think about it. And then they go and say, oh, yeah, it wasn't a good experience. And also, um, when I had these meetings, I noticed some uh, common topics. I want one day to talk about confidence, oh. which is one topic that uh, I think that most artists, they have problems. Yeah. And uh, I also do, but I like, uh, how can we share this information and see how you deal with this. Mm-hmm. yeah? Because uh, I see a lot of good people and they're like, oh, I'm afraid to show, or I don't know how to start, or what if people say this or that, <laughs> yeah, so. Yes, so it sounds
0: like you do offer teaching around how to make prints, but you also offer this coaching around how to make art your business and, for people who are trying to transition into um, more of the the business mindset in this area, you're helping them with information about how to do that practically so they don't have to go through all of the learning and steps that you went to and and start from scratch (laughs) on that, right? So confidence, as you mentioned, is an issue, and I think that is related to this idea of value and worth and making money. And you and I met at, I think it was in September, at yeah, a symposium though. on articulating value yeah. that, was, that was put together by a culture mill. And I know that this is something that you think about, this idea of making money as a professional artist and value and worth. What are your thoughts about it? these days, for yourself, but for the people
1: that you're working with as a coach? One point for me is that, of course, yeah, there are historical reasons, blah, 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 all this political reason. But uh, one uh, very simple question for me is that, why, as an artist, I can't make my living of that? And this is not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In one of these meetings, I remember that there was this uh, psychiatrist, he was actually retiring that and a uh, Doing his artwork, and then I make this question to him and say, "Have you ever had to have a day job to yeah pursue your dream of being a psychiatrist ah. <laughs> and and he I think that he couldn't even uh, understand the question and say what and say then I explain and say no, of course not why is it so dominant in everybody's mind that oh you are an artist, it's hard to make a living on that right. yeah or Oh, so you have a day job, and then uh, yeah, you do this in your free time, or yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that it's a, a mm-hmm. difficult path that there are some uh, reasons. I believe that it is possible if we don't uh, start thinking about this, putting this idea and discussing this with other people, mm-hmm. yeah things won't <laughs> change, yeah, will never change right. so. Uh, my idea is that, um, and this is a, so, yeah, I had this idea <laughs> of sometimes, uh, I think maybe I should even do a documentary or something. Like, uh, how do people make money? And are there other, other ways? Mm-hmm. here? One, uh, um, one day that is more, uh, based on collaboration than competition. And uh, yeah, what would be the, the interesting model to, to try to implement so mm-hmm. that you can do your work and don't be worried about, yeah, how are you going to get money, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it's not only about money, yeah, it's a, a, a broader thing, yeah, about the value, how you contribute to the society and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think that if you are not in a position that you can support yourself, sometimes it's hard, like uh, in, a, in a very practical way, sometimes I think, oh, I want to volunteer for this uh, institution, but uh, like I can hardly yeah organize my things right. yeah because I have to be not only the artist but uh, the promoter or yeah sometimes I spend much more time yeah doing these things than uh, uh, the time that I would like to be in the studio right yeah? right these are things that uh, uh, I think that we need to think yeah and we need to have more people uh, think about the solution because I think that. Uh, uh, if you have a lot of uh, different uh, creative people thinking about these this kind of problems, you can solve it in a way, mm. yeah, in a sustainable way that is good for everybody.
0: Yes, I like this idea of questioning the assumptions that we make about how we should live our lives as an artist and what that means, the kind of automatic, automatically regulating, automatically relegating art making to being a hobby to being a side hustle. That's sort of the base assumption. And then we also have a lot of ideas around solo art makers, and that's how we operate, and it's trying to be better than the other person. And so there are all of these assumptions that you are bringing up that we really need to question that aren't related to money, but might be connected ultimately to how artists are paid. So what is next for you? Because I know you always have something going. What's what's next on the agenda?
1: Well, one uh, good news is that I was one of the receiver of the regional arts project grant in uh, the elements area. It's uh, supported by the NC Arts Council and uh, the partnering um, councils, mm-hmm. including elements because I'm uh, from elements and it's Arts Greensboro, other uh, counties and um uh, i uh, apply with this project that is named thank you goodbye and uh, uh it's uh, yeah related to the talk that we have pieces that uh, somehow is related to this uh, p- uh person or uh, people situation that you are very grateful hmm. or that um that a uh, person that passed away i got some pieces that are from from pets that passed away or sometimes situation something that you just have to let it go, and uh, you, yeah, you're a little resistant, and then suddenly you realize. And uh, uh, in in this case, you really give the peace. Yeah, like uh, I got a piece from a person that had this dress since she was uh, in high school. Mm. And now, uh, yeah, her life is different. I think even her size is different, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's not that she got bigger. I saw the dresser say, I think that she was bigger before, and now mm-hmm. she's, yeah, so the situation, the experience, everything changes, but uh, for some reason, yeah, you're still holding that, uh, yeah, that uh, clothes or that memory or-, or so that I'm, image of yourself or yeah. image of other people.
0: So <laughs> this is a uh, regional artist program grant that yes. you have received from, from Arts Greensboro. And will this lead to an exhibition of these fabric-on-fabric fabric prints? Or yeah. is there something else that it's a, that's a component of this program grant?
1: Uh, it will help me uh, do more pieces and also to... Yeah, remember that I was talking about the video. Mm-hmm. I think that I'll be able to get some uh, uh, classes and have more ideas on how to uh, format the videos. As an artist, I think that uh, um, I have to uh, go deeper and deeper. Like uh, I started with the clothes and uh, it it led me to the videos. Mm. I have other ideas of interacting with other other media, other technologies that I don't know. I just have this kind of vision. But I say, I don't know technically how you do that. But Mm. uh, yeah, I would like to work with... Bigger images, uh, projections, more light, or something. Yeah, mm. but uh, um, this is uh, kind of dream project that I have for the future.
0: I will include all of the links to the things that you are doing to your excellent website and the videos that you're talking about Thank on you. the Artist Soapbox website, so folks can go there to see the show notes and learn more about. Ellie Urbanski's work and I want to thank you for coming and talking today. This is a really interesting conversation because it's outside of my experience so I appreciate the opportunity to learn from you. Um, Special thanks to Shadowbox Studio in Durham, North Carolina where we are recording today. Check out their website shadowboxstudio.org for information about today's episode and more go to artistsoapbox.org and we're out.